Good morning. Well, today we're beginning a new sermon series called Encountering Jesus. And one of the reasons for this is, you know, many different people encountered Jesus. Right? We read about that throughout the Gospels, and their lives were changed forever. Uh, there was fishermen and tax collectors. There were religious people. There were skeptics. There was rich and poor. And every one of them was affected by Jesus in a very profound way. And so over the next couple of months, we're going to look at those various encounters, and specifically from the Gospel of Luke. And we're going to see how Jesus, in his encounter with all of these various different people, can inform our own encounters with Jesus today. And so we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 5. But just since this is the first in the series, let's give some context you know, Luke chapters 1 and 2 talk about Jesus' birth, his infancy, and all of that. Uh, Luke chapter 3, Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. In Luke chapter 4, then Jesus goes and he's tempted in the wilderness by Satan, after which he begins his public ministry. Right, so that's, and I think Luke chapter 4, verse 14 through 15, gives us a good summation it says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So these reports that went out throughout the land, they were not just about Jesus' teaching, although they were about that and his incredible teaching, but that he was healing. He was casting out demons, and the word was spreading that there was this powerful teacher and preacher and prophet. And so uh, people started to flock to him. And that's the beginning of his public ministry. But here's the thing. With, with all these public interactions that we begin to read about, there are personal encounters between individual people and Jesus or small groups of people in Jesus. There are these personal encounters. And it's much like us today. Uh, you know, here we are today, we're, we're gathered in public worship, whether it's here in this space or, or online, we're gathered in this public setting, but are you and I personally encountering Jesus through the Spirit? You know, a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago, we celebrated Easter and that Jesus lives. He lives and he sends his Spirit so that we can continue to have a personal encounter with him today. Yes, it's not in the flesh and blood Jesus, but it's in the Holy Spirit of Jesus. So that as we look, our goal every time we gather, but especially during this series, is that our goal is that every time we gather, we personally encounter Jesus. That yes, in this public setting, in person, online, we're inspired by those encounters that Jesus had in the flesh so that we would have our own encounter with Jesus today. And just as when people encountered Jesus in that day, their lives were changed forever, so too as we encounter Jesus today, our lives will be changed forever. So let's look. This first encounter we're going to look at today is between Jesus and just a working class guy, okay? a working-class guy, and specifically a fisherman, a plain fisherman, which was a working-class guy of the day. So let's look. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. On one occasion, 
While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that were taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Very interesting encounter, isn't it, between Jesus and this average working class guy, this average fisherman named Simon Peter and his business partners. So let's unpack this a little bit. Let's look more at this encounter. So Jesus, he was by the Sea of Galilee here. Luke calls it the Lake of Gennesaret. Same place, different, just two different names for it. And a crowd was pressing in on him, and it made it difficult for everyone to hear and see Jesus. And Simon Peter's boat was nearby because they had just come in from fishing and they were cleaning their nets. And now they hadn't cat, caught anything, so they had no net income for the day. Um, so Jesus asked Peter if, to, if he could get in the boat and put out a little ways from the shore. Now think about that. That's perfect. If, if you're on the water and everyone is on the shore, now everyone can see Jesus. Also, it's easier to hear him. It's like a, a, a natural amphitheater. And we see Jesus does this on a couple of occasions. And he puts out and he begins to teach the whole crowd. Now, Simon Peter, he had heard and seen Jesus before, but he was not a committed follower. He was not a disciple yet. Nevertheless, when a, a popular and, and powerful teacher or, or, or celebrity, we could say, asks you to do something, it's somewhat of an honor. Oh, you're asking me to do that? So he puts Jesus in the boat. If, again, I've seen this phenomenon. If you ever go to a conference or whatever and the main speaker is around, everyone wants to do something for that main speaker. Oh, have my seat. Can I get you a drink? All of this. Because it's sort of an honor to be able to, to serve in that way. And so that's what, where Peter's at. And so Jesus, he preaches this message from the boat, and we're not told the content of Jesus preaching here, but I'm assuming that many of the things Jesus said is contained in the teaching sections of Luke's gospel. And after finishing his, his sermon or his teaching, Jesus again addresses Peter, who had been there the whole time. So Peter had been there the whole time. He's listening to this powerful teaching and and Jesus tells Peter, all right, it's time to go fishing again. Right? Carpe diem. Carpe diem. Um, <laughs> now, Peter, I mean, he was a fisherman. He knew, like, he knew when, when to go fishing. He knew when it was time to stop. 
and he and his partners had been fishing all night, and, and he knew. Like, that's why they were cleaning their nets, because he knew, no, it's, it's no use going now. And what Jesus asked him to do, it didn't make sense. It didn't meet his expectations. But what, is, but what does Peter say? He says, you know, in verse 5, Although we've fished and we've caught nothing, so it's going to be kind of pointless, but at your word, that's what he says in verse 5, but at your word, I'll let down the nets. Simon had enough, even though he wasn't a committed follower of Jesus yet, he had enough respect and admiration for this great teacher and healer that, that he'd do something that he didn't really think it would work. Again, he was a fisherman. He knew, like, eh, this won't work, but you know, I respect you enough. I'll, I'll, I'll do what you say. I want to I'll pause here and, and, and think about how we can apply this to our encounter with Jesus today. I wonder what kind of encounter with Jesus are you and I missing out on because we won't venture out into the deeper waters unless it makes sense for us, unless it already corresponds to what we expect and our experiences. What are we missing? What kind of encounter are we missing? Because no, that's not what I expected. That's not what my experiences tell me. You know, Simon, he, he was not a committed follower yet, but he simply said, all right, Jesus, if you say so, I'll, I'll do what you say. And he was brought into a, a deeper encounter with Jesus than he had ever had. See, you don't, we don't have to understand everything Everything doesn't need to line up to our expectations for us to to respond to God's promptings. And it's often in those times we respond to God when we're not sure what's going on that God brings us into an encounter bigger than our experiences and bigger than our expectations. We can simply be like Peter and say, if you say so, God. But I wonder how many How many supernatural experiences, supernatural encounters with Christ we're missing out on because we're waiting for things to fall in line. And you know, I'm going to say it. I'm going to meddle. I think that many of us are in this place in this pandemic. In other words, we're wondering, when are we going to go back to the way things were before the pandemic? That, oh, stuff isn't as I expected. It's not according to the experiences I have had. And so we're missing out on what God is doing right now in this time. You know, there was an, I have an example from, you know, personally a couple years ago. Uh, I was in Vienna, Austria. And I, there was a layover. And whenever I go on teaching trips, if there's a layover in a cool city, I'm like, oh, I've never been there. So... I'll just stay there an extra night, go see the sights. So I was, I was in Vienna, and I tried to get, see everything as possible, right? And I was passing by this cathedral, not, not St. Stephen's, not the biggest one, but still, there's this big cathedral, you know, and it was centuries old, and I felt this prompting that I should go in there, right? Because oftentimes when I sit in those, those cathedrals and they're centuries old, I just get this overwhelming sense of how how transcendent God is. But I'm like, well, no, I'm only here one night. I got other stuff to see. And, and I'm like, so I'm not sure. And I was about to go in, but then I saw 
this might offend some people. Um, I saw that they were having a concert of organ music. Now, I appreciate all music, but my least favorite instrument is the organ. All right, I'm just going to be frank with you that, um, you know, it just feels like I'm in a funeral. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to pass on by because, you know, there's that organ going on. So I go and I see the other stuff. And then on my way back, it was still going on. And it was like 10.30 and it was going on until 11. I'm like, you know what, I, I really feel like I should have popped in there. So I go in there right, and I sit down and I wish I had went the whole time. Because when I see, right, first of all, there's this gigantic ceiling, right? That always is like, and I'm just overcome with the majesty of God. But then that organ, that pipe organ, right, it is so large and so ancient, like as it plays, it shakes you. Like in the, in the core of your being, like you feel the, the power of that organ. And I was overwhelmed with God's majesty. But you see, I had let my previous expectations and experiences, oh, organ music, that's funeral music. That, oh, that's not, I mean, I appreciate all music, but that's one of my not so favorite instruments. I let those things keep me from encountering God in that moment in a new way. So too many times, right? We're, we're going along. What are we missing out? Because we don't step out when things are different. Because God's trying to do something in our lives that's not according to our experiences or our expectations. How many encounters are we missing? But Peter, he's different, right? Peter says, all right, Jesus, you want me to cast down these nets? Um, if you say so, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then what happens? When Peter lets down his nets, he encounters Jesus' power on a whole new level. Because what happens next, I mean, that's contrary to everything Peter has experienced as a fisherman. I mean, they have a ridiculously large catch of fish. I mean, he probably takes them up and says, holy mackerel, right? <laughs> <All right. laughs> now, now, you know, some people don't get fish puns at first until they, uh, uh, until they mull it over. Um, all right, I'm done with the fish puns. But, you know, this, this, this encounter with, with Peter encounters Jesus so profoundly and in such a new way that, that he realizes, wait a minute, this is not just a, a powerful teacher, not just a miracle worker, I mean, Jesus is, is closely connected with the holy God of the universe in a special way. And in the presence of such holiness, uh, Peter, he sees his own unworthiness. So verse 8 says, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. You see, when we have a real encounter with the living, holy God as Peter has, we are overwhelmed. We should be overwhelmed. Now, I know some might be thinking, and I know I did, I'm like, wait, why, why this big catch of fish? Why did that do it for Peter? You know, because Peter had heard Jesus preaching. He had probably seen, especially if you um, think Luke's chronology is, is, well, chronological, that, you know, his mother-in-law had already been healed. He'd seen miracles. He'd heard the teaching, but yet it's this, this 
miraculous catch of fish that causes him to realize who Jesus is. And, you know, I don't know. I just know that different things hit people, different people, right? So, I mean, Jesus, uh, Peter being a fisherman, like he speaks fish, right? So that probably spoke to him in a way that for us maybe some other thing would hit us. And I, I just bring this up to say don't assume that every conversion, every encounter with Christ is going to look like yours. Uh, in other words, we often say, oh, is God working here? Is working there? And, and, and the thing is, is, we can't see into people's hearts. Uh, you know, for me, when I was in, in uh, Vienna at that, in that cathedral, if you had looked at me, you're like, oh, there's just a quiet guy sitting there. He's not doing anything. But yet I was encountering God in that moment in a very powerful way. And so don't assume that what speaks to you and the same thing is going to hit you is going to hit someone else. And one of the reasons why we're doing this series is to show the various ways different people encounter Jesus. But you know what the common element behind all these encounters will be? It's change. Change. We will be deeply changed when we encounter God in our belief in who God is, in the belief on who we are, in the belief in who, who, uh, what's possible with God. And ultimately, it will change how we live. It will change how we live when we truly encounter the living God. And so it was with Peter. So, so, you know, Peter, he's overwhelmed. He falls on at Jesus' knees and says, depart from me from a sinful man. And what is, Peter, what is Jesus? How does he respond to Peter? When Peter says, depart from me, I'm a sinful man, does, does Jesus say, well, thank, thank you for the warning, Simon, because I am the holy one. So, you know, I'm out of here like Vladimir because, yeah, you're a sinful man and I'm the holy one. No, he doesn't do that. He invites Simon Peter to follow him to an even deeper encounter. I mean, look at verse 10. He says, do not be afraid, Peter. Don't be afraid of your sin. I'm bigger than that. I'm calling you to a fresh encounter that's even bigger than your sins and your past experiences. Yes, you know God is the holy God. Well, now you're going to know God as the forgiving God, the loving God, the life-changing God. A huge, unexpected honor. I mean, it's even big, more honor than Simon getting into Simon's boat, the large catch of fish. He's saying, be my disciple. Be my learner. And you'll go from catching fish to catching people. Bringing in people to God's kingdom. Even though you're a, 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 just a plain, sinful catcher of smelly fish. With Jesus being a, a plain, sinful catcher of sl- smelly fish, it's not a limitation. It's a starting point. It's a starting point for a deeper calling in Peter's life who, who if he would just stop being afraid, if he would just step into that deeper encounter with Jesus. And that brings us to our, the second application point is, you know, when you encounter Jesus for who he really is, um, you and, and I will see our own inadequacies. We will. And that's how it should be. That's how it should be. Now, when we encounter another person, often we size them up. You know, we're like, well, you know, that person seems to have an anger issue. Well, I don't have that. Or, you know, uh, this person is better at this, but I'm better at that. You can't do that with God. When you encounter God, I mean, you have to just take off all pretense because he is holy. He is perfect. It just doesn't work. 
And so if you haven't been wrecked by your sinfulness in light of God's presence, I would say you need, to, you need to experience Jesus, the real deal, the real holy Jesus, the real miracle, powerful Jesus who with a word spoke the universe into being. Because that's what happens when you're in the presence of his holiness. And so and when we, here's the thing is that, you know, Peter understood that. So he's like, depart from me, you know, depart from me, God, uh, Jesus, because I know you're the son of God. But acknowledging our own unworthiness is a doorway to an even greater encounter. And that's what Peter started to understand, a lifetime relationship where Jesus is powerful enough to forgive all of our sins, all of our weaknesses, take our plainness and bring us to a new place of identity and meaning, a fresh start. But we need to drop the pretense. We need to drop the self-righteousness and grab onto Jesus' calling and saying, yes, Jesus, if you're calling me, you're more powerful than my sins. And I trust you, and I'm going to follow you into a deeper encounter. And then how do Peter, James, and John respond to this invitation to, to follow Jesus, to go into this deeper encounter, this deeper life with Christ? Well, verse 11 says, when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. You see, whatever Jesus has for us is more worthy than whatever I was doing before. Whatever I was doing before cannot compare in its worth to this matchless Jesus. And that's what worship is. Worship is worship. It's ascribing things, ultimate value, ultimate worth. And that's what Peter, James, and John said. They said, he is worthy. He is so worthy. So, so they're, they're thinking, wait a minute, I can encounter this holy, forgiving, loving Savior, uh, you know, long-term, even deeper than I am right now? Well, let's go. Let's go. I'm there. The, the other stuff, it doesn't compare. That other stuff, it can wait. I can leave it. That brings us to the last point, and that is, you know, we all must leave something behind to truly follow Jesus. We do. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of times you, you hear preachers and they're like, oh, yes, follow Jesus. And they'll be all unicorns and rainbows, and he'll just give and give and give you more and more and more. And no, Jesus, his teaching says, no, you must bear your cross. Everyone must leave something behind to truly follow him. And oftentimes it's true. We're not having a deeper encounter with Jesus because we're clinging to stuff. We're clinging to stuff that keeps us from moving forward in a fresh encounter. And, and yes, I, I mean sinful things. Yes, that's true. We can cling to sinful things that are incompatible with Jesus. You know, Peter sees that. He sees the stuff in his life that's contrary to God. God. So he says, no, depart from me, Jesus. But Jesus says, no, no, you just depart, depart from that other stuff. Follow me. I'm worth more than that. So yes, it includes sinful things. But it also sometimes it's good things. Good things that get in the way. For Peter... It was his fishing business. Now, fishing business, that's a good business. That's something God gave to Peter so that he could provide for himself and his family. But he couldn't fulfill what Jesus was calling to him to do by staying with the boats. But compared to the matchless Christ, he said, I can leave that behind. So I ask you, what is keeping you from following Jesus today into that deeper encounter? Again, not necessarily sinful things, but good things. I had an acquaintance who, he really wanted to teach, right? His, his, um, 
his ministry bent was teaching, and he had it in his head that, all right, if I'm going to teach, i gotta, I got to get my Ph.D., and i got to teach in a seminary. And, and, and as he talked to me, because I had my Ph.D., and asked me some advice, and I'm like, listen, unless, you know, if God's calling you to do that, that's fine. But you need to be ready to go overseas and teach. Because PhDs in America, they were, we're a dime a dozen, right? We're just, there's a lot of us, right? And so that, but there's a huge need overseas. So if you're truly feeling like that's how it's going to be, then be ready to do that. And as he prayed about it, he had to let go of this preconceived notion of, all right, this is what it looks like. This is what ministry teaching looks like. And once he gave that up, God led him into a new place of teaching. He's serving as an elder in a local church, teaching every Sunday and making an impact, but he had to let go of this good thing and his preconceived idea of what that meant. Uh, Another fellow I knew loved sports, and sports is good, exercise is good, right? But he was into it so much that it was crowding out his family. It was crowding out his time with God on Sundays. And so he had to say, Art, I want to encounter you deeply. And so you know what? Um, I'm going to still do exercise. I'm going to still do some sports. But you know what? When it comes to these days, nope. These are encounter God days. And he had to leave some of those things behind. Now, all of these things I just described, those are good things. But they were things that each one of these people had to say, yeah, i got to put that aside because Jesus is calling me into something deeper. So, yes, Jesus is calling each one of us here. He's calling us to follow him. And now there's many different ways to follow Jesus, but we all must let go of something to go into that deeper encounter, into that deeper calling. And so maybe you're here today and you're surprised. Maybe you're watching, you're surprised that Jesus is calling you to follow him, but he is. Jesus is calling, through the scriptures, through the spirit, Jesus is calling you to follow him deeply. And you might be thinking, ah, really? I mean, I'm just a plain fisherman. I'm just a truck driver. I'm an administrative assistant. I work in in retail, whatever. Can can Jesus really be calling me? Or or maybe you feel like, I'm not ready to encounter a holy and perfect God. Well, then you're similar to Peter, the apostle Peter. Like Peter, you might think, I'm just a simple, sinful person you know, what can I do? What God's, what, how can God be calling me? But here's the thing. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. It's about encountering Jesus and his calling to go deeper and deeper, leaving our hang-ups behind, leaving our sins behind, leaving even some good things behind because he is worthy. And we were made for that. We were made to experience Jesus. We were made to encounter God. That's what heaven's about, a deep and deeper encounter with God. And then, as we encounter Christ, then Christ changes you. He changes us. Peter went from this plain fisherman to a preeminent apostle of a worldwide movement. I mean, that's why I went back and sort of talked about Peter in his beginning, because we think about, oh, the apostle Peter, he's the big apostle. Well, he started out with plain fishermen, plain, sinful catcher of smelly fish. But that transformation happened because he encountered Jesus. He stepped into that encounter. Now, that wasn't, it didn't mean it was always smooth. Remember, Peter denied Jesus later. So it's not that it's all smooth, 
but yet he left his own understandings behind, his own expectations behind, and he said every encounter, he said, all right, Jesus, if you're calling me to do this, I'm going to do this. And he followed Jesus, and he said yes to that call of Christ. So will you encounter him anew today? As we are gathered here, public setting, Will we say yes to Jesus? Will we step into that encounter as he asks us to go deeper and know him more?